This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, here we are. This is Shrimp Net number 10 uh, for the season, 2022-23. Uh, thank you for listening to this, the uh, the Shrimp's Trust podcast. Uh, well, what a week. <laughs> uh, it's safe to say that, that we've got plenty to talk about, Joel. Uh, and joining myself and uh, the lovely Mr Shooter, I'm happy to say we have the co-chairman, who I usually introduce as the chief executive, but today I'll give him his proper title as co-chairman. Uh, Excellent timing. Uh, welcome along, Rod. Thanks for coming on, Rod. You're our only guest today because we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, but first of all, we'll start with the, the the main thing that we talk about on all of these podcasts is the football and our last game. Um, a disappointing defeat at Accrington, Joel. Um, not the greatest of afternoons. Didn't cover ourselves in glory. Um, I, I think it's safe to say from a personal point of view that the first half was right up there with the uh, Refelt in the shed roof um, until uh, Arthur Nehua got sent off. Uh, and then obviously uh, our best hope was probably clinging on for a nil-nil draw, but that never really looked likely. Uh, but I have to say the comedy moment, the own goal that got us back to one apiece. Um, well done, Cole. Uh, and we'll come to Cole a little bit later on. But your thoughts on Accrington, Joel? Yeah, I, I, I agree. That first half was incredibly forgettable. I don't think any team, either team really took much of a foothold. I know there was a, there was a header cleared off the line uh, by Rawson, but, you know, it, it's a chance from a set piece. And while it's still, a, it's a chance, but, you know, it wasn't like Accrington were really cutting this open and no. we weren't cutting them open either. You know, it was a, it was a pretty attritional game. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not one that's lived a lot, kind of like scarred onto my mind or anything. Cause it was just, it was quite dull. There was nothing really going on. I think, you know, Accrington's a tough place to go. Obviously, you want to see us create a few more chances. At the same time, we limited Accrington. We weren't being dominated <laughs> or anything. It was quite even. And going in at halftime, nil-nil, it's been a pretty tight, scrappy half. Nobody's really given much quarter. You say, that's all right. You know, local derby, nobody really wants to lose that one. So we go again in the second half. And then obviously, we come to the... Uh, the Arthur Nahua red card. Obviously, I'm, I'm probably with a lot of Morgan fans. I thought it was it was quite harsh. I think Arthur could maybe be accused of being a little bit careless uh, with where his arm is. But at the end of the day, you know, he's not gone in with excessive force. He's just jumped for a header, and he's not even like he's not properly thrown himself in there. Really, he's just kind of floated himself up for it. And you know, I know obviously the refs not to know that, but you know, he's not that kind of player, really, is he? And obviously there's been a bit of a furore from the Accrington players. I think uh, it's a funny one where it's easy to kind of have a go at them, but at the same time, players from all clubs do that kind of thing, surround the ref. And it's up to the referee to be a bit more strong-minded and stand up to it. And in, the, in this occasion, 
you know, the occasion has got the better of him a little bit and he, and he sent Arthur off, which is d- disappointing for what wasn't really an excessively forceful challenge. And then we're up against it in the second half. Again, I don't think... Obviously, Accrington were more on top and, and they had a bit more of the game. They weren't constantly cutting us open all the time. I thought we did all right, considering we had 10 men. Yeah. Uh, Liam Gibson on the left wing. Then they get the goal. Just, you know eventually sometimes teams will break that you break you down when they've got one one extra man it happens we get a bit of a slice of fortune for that equalizer it can't be denied and it was a lot of fun watching that one go in and loop over the keeper but i have to say and uh, i'm clutching at straws and yes you know we lost 3-1 and we were out of 10 men and blah 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 but fair play to derek he he went he went 4-3-2 he brought coal on and he and this is only my take on it, but Cole did more in that 20 minutes than he's done in the rest of the season for me because he was battling and Cole hasn't been battling. And he, he obviously came on and thought, right, okay, somebody's had a word with him. I'm on the bench. I don't like it. I'm going to... And he put some effort in. And the simple fact that he was chasing that centre-half for that through ball and he was pulling his shirt while he was doing it, which is, you know... Uh, he made him. He made him stuff it over his own keeper. So that's credit. You know, we got back into it because Derek went shit up. Pardon my friend, shit a bust at one nil down. Yeah, essentially. I mean, look, it's always difficult to play these situations when, when, when it was nil nil. You don't really want to go too gung ho because you don't want to leave the too much room at the back when you've got ten men. But then when you one nil down, you might as well just go for it. And putting Cole on was probably the right call. And well, it proved to be the right call because, like you say, I think I think you did well. You battled well. You did some nice layoffs, some nice touches, getting the ball under control up the pitch. And like you say, you know that while obviously it is fortunate in the way that a defender booted the ball over his own goalkeeper, he wouldn't have done that if Cole wasn't giving him a hard time. Exactly. So you know we've got to give credit to that. And then obviously a bit of a soft free kick. I know there's a bit of a shirt tug in there, but a bit of a soft. I thought I, I honestly thought, and I've said this. I said it at the time. I thought he was giving us the free kick. <laughs> I, I was at the opposite end. I, you know, I yeah, I couldn't really see in real time. I've watched it back, obviously, and it's it's uh, borderline. It's a bit soft though. And then obviously, when they get ahead that late on, it's very hard to kind of chase back. And you know, they've got the, they've gone and got the third goal. But yeah, I mean, we're t- we're down to ten men. It was always going to be an uphill struggle. I think the team worked hard and gave a decent enough account of themselves. But when you're down to ten, sometimes that's not going to. It's not going to be enough, and that's that's how it goes sometimes. It's not fair at times, and it's as simple as that, isn't it? I, you, you know, we appealed the uh, we appealed the red card. We weren't successful. I thought it was harsh, but that's that's the way it is. Um, the free kick for the second goal again, I thought was harsh. As I thought, the two bookings before the sending off were um, were, were, were pretty Soft. iffy. But the, yeah, and, and, and the ref set his stall out there. Look, he's the man in the middle. He's got to do his job. And I get all that. Um, the free kick took a deflection on its way in. So very, very unfortunate there. And then poor old Dylan. I mean, he's down in his assist almost is that because it was an underhit back pass and, and it, it creases you, doesn't it? Absolutely creases. That that was a draw in any of the on any other Saturday. That, that's a, a nil-nil or a one-one, not a three-one. Well, it, it, it's funny because um, 
I was sat, <laughs> I was sat watching the uh, the sort of ITV uh, football league highlights uh, as oh, I. Yeah. I, I, I record fair, fair play that was a <laughs> it's a hell of a wait I, 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 I record them and uh myself and callum uh my eldest sat and watched it on sunday morning and uh, i was i was literally because we were as per usual we were virtually last on but like there was a <laughs> there was a procession of teams that we've played who the center house fell over under it a back pass goalie threw it in his own net every single game and i was like they don't do this against us. And then they showed our highlights and I went, oh, we've just done it to ourselves. Because <laughs> that was it. There was, you know, it was like, it was, that's every single game in League One last week, somebody did an almighty cock-up that led to a goal. And obviously... In, fa- in fairness, an Accrington player did do an almighty cock-up. Exactly, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. And I said, well, it's funny because it's happened in every game, including ours, two hours, <laughs> you know. But then Dylan fell over miss it a back pass and it's just like oh nightmare you know so but that's that's what happens isn't it so you, you have to put you put that down as yeah i can take that and i can i can take it but i know you've uh you know um coley coley quite rightly was defending his players and i don't expect him to do anything else and he said quite rightly it was on radio lengths you know i, I still thought it was just sending off but then um, his player will do it next week and he'll say it isn't the sending off because that's just the nature of Coley because he, he defends his players. And so I get that. I think, just personally, I think he, he jumped for the ball. I've seen him given. I've seen him got away with. It's happened to us. Uh, we had a situation in our promotion season where Alex Kenyon got Kung Fu kicked in the head and the guy didn't, you know, the guy got... Oh, yeah. Was that against Mansfield? Yeah, yeah the guy got, the guy yeah, got yeah, a yeah. black card. Yeah, that was... Okay. It was like, yeah. it was like yeah. six feet yeah. off the ground. <laughs> and it was like, I just don't get it. Whereas... I think I've, I think I've still got a screenshot of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, it was like Kung Fu fighting. It was like some Bruce Lee move. But anyway, you can go on about that all you want. The point being is, I think the big the big point was, it was, it was two pretty poor sides until that sending off. Uh, and it wasn't a great game. I, I actually thought we were possibly, possibly, I haven't seen it again, but possibly denied a penalty when there was a sandwich on, uh, I don't know if it was, was it Ray Cooney or Dylan running into the box, sort of at 3-1. Three, three uh, and I thought he was sandwiched. And I thought, well, they've stopped him there. Now, one of them did get the ball as he was falling, but I thought that was a pen. But obviously, we didn't get it, but not there. It made much difference. So, yeah, clutching at straws. But the thing that concerns me about the whole thing was that 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 game wasn't necessarily it was there for the taking, and as per usual, the sending off changed it, and that's that's the sort of like point that we've got to take forward, isn't it? We need a bit of luck like that for us rather than against us. I think, Joel. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it, it was it was set up to be taken by either team. In fairness, you know, no. we weren't offering a great deal, and Accrington could have up the ante. They, they, there was room for them to grow into the game as well. I mean, you look back at it, I think there's been a bit said about the selection choice. I didn't really have too much of a problem with it, to be honest. I think uh, with Shaw being injured, I get why he wants to put Gibson in midfield because yeah. Gibson offers that little bit extra of kind of extra ability on the ball. He's very good at handling it in tight spaces. Yeah. So I think that that's why the logic of he, why he's been coming in as an auxiliary defensive midfielder but Doe at left back, you know what? Uh, he's <laughs> we all know that one of Jacob Badeau's best assets is his mobility, his ability to, to deal with one-on-one duels. And obviously he's a central defender, so he has got some kind of ability in the air as well. 
and that's quite handy against Accrington, just having more people who are decent at heading a ball, because <laughs> that's what they're going to do. And I think the, the formation changed as well to a back four with wingers. Accrington, they a lot of their creativity is going to come from uh, Wally and uh, McCombin on the wings. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, and if we were playing a back three, then we're potentially leaving our wing backs quite exposed against them. Whereas with the back four, we can bring our wingers back and defend against it. Jake Taylor was the one who ended up on the right wing. Obviously, we had Connolly on the bench. At the same time, I think this is probably a reason why Derek has been reluctant to use a back four as much recently with wingers, is because we've only had two wingers available for the past few weeks. We've only had um, Hoover and Connolly. And, and now we've only got great. one. I know we've only got one now as well. So it'd be great starting with them both at the same time if one gets injured we want to just revamp the game up a little bit. One gets tired. One's having a bit of a having a bit of an off day. There's nowhere for us to go from our bench. There's no extra level we can take it to, or no kind of direct replacement for the wing. So I get why he kind of wanted to move uh, move Taylor out there and just have Connolly as an option off the bench. It's not worked out in in, in the end, but that's kind of more down to the red card. I don't really think it's much to do with his tactical selections for that game I think with injuries his hands were kind of forced and I think he did the right thing in the formation to deal with Accrington but yeah the red card it changed the game and I'll, I'll move on to that later on because obviously I will talk to you know talk to Rod about the uh, the situation both sort of like you know not necessarily tactically but particularly injury wise but we'll uh, I'll chat a little bit <laughs> Ipswich at home um, on Saturday Um what can possibly go wrong? Three banker, three points, surely. Yeah, very easy. Nice second in the league, a point off top. I think they are. You know, oh, just it, 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 it doesn't rain; it pours, and <laughs> with half of them being sent off with the injuries, you know what? You know, we, we saw them at the at the back end. Well, not kind of just it was, it was Derek's first game, of course, wasn't it? It was. Um, yeah. I remember. I was so impressed with them that game. Obviously, they've had Kieran McKenna in. He's obviously shown himself to be a very, very, very uh, capable coach. He's had a few months to bed in and work out who in that squad he, he was going to be up to the task of being in his team. And he's had a summer when he's been very, very well backed. Obviously, they've signed Leif Davis, who we're all familiar with, uh, meant to be in the region of about a million quid. So he's, you know, he's had a lot of money to play with to shape the squad how he wants it. He's just and, got just there is somebody yeah. to more ex Morecambe left backs, aren't they? I know, yeah. Unfortunately, Greg <laughs> uh, Greg Lee's uh, he's injured for this one. He's got a uh, he's got some kind of compound fracture, uh, some kind of fracture in his leg. Which is oh really yeah, good. yeah. He's, he's broken it. Yeah, down. he was meant to be. Uh, he was meant to be. Uh, actually, he was meant to be playing for uh, Jamaica against Argentina. So uh, he was meant to be marking Messi, but they got injured just before that. So uh, I do feel a bit bad for him there. But he ended, uh, he ended up turning knots anyway. So. Nah, Greg Lee would have had him on. <laughs> had him in his back pocket. I don't know what you're on about. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I think... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah that, that's right. <laughs> easy. No problem. He's, he's probably a bit quicker, to be fair, Greg Lee. He's probably quite a lot quicker than uh, Messi. But, uh, and stronger. And, uh, but like, taller. obviously. And taller, yeah, exactly. He could, I mean, he could literally put him in his back pocket, in fairness. But, uh, yeah, I think... I, I was looking at some of the numbers about it, which they've got the highest chances created from open play in the league they've got the second uh the second lowest chances conceded well xg uh conceded in the league uh highest xg created in the league from open play so you're not know, telling this to me yeah they're pretty damn good but however you know uh we've got quite a lot of injuries no have we have we i think i personally think we should just 
boot it in the air as much as possible because they can't play their nice football if the ball's always in the air. But anyway, that's just me. Uh, yeah, particularly yeah. If you stick it over the stand. <laughs> yeah. you, Joel, you're not talking hoofball, are you, by any chance? <laughs> oh, I want to see hoofball. I want to be brutal. I'd like Ipswich fans to be travelling back down to Suffolk complaining that they've seen a war crime against football. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, just anything so, to win the game. So basically a Suffolk punch. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! It's the tractor boys. Well uh, done, Rod. Number one for the day. <laughs> get that in. So they, they've sold a thousand tickets, but we're still selling. According to the club, we're still selling tickets on the date in the Ipswich end, which is great. So they're bringing loads, which is fantastic. They were really well behaved last season. They were very welcome visitors, weren't they? Uh, and we somehow managed to scab a draw, and uh, I'd take that again now, Rod. But. Um, yeah. yeah, what 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 can possibly go wrong? Um, well, the the injury injury situation. Obviously, we know about obviously Max Melbourne and uh, uh, Ash Hunter, uh, and obviously Courtney Dufus. Um, but like uh, Arthur being suspended, nightmare. Jake Taylor picking something up. Uh, Liam Shaw picking something up. Uh, so uh, and then and then obviously the really really sad sight that for John Abika, his father passed away, and he's back quite rightly back at his dad's funeral in Nigeria so yeah. we've got 16 fit players uh bring your boots Saturday Joel you're playing again are you yeah I am there yeah. so uh yeah I am the first five aside game <laughs> the other week so uh Derek you know where I am I mean it, 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 there's nothing you can do Rod it's pointless moaning about it you just got to get on with it haven't you you've got to plow through it to freeze and and that's the that's the bottom line you know there's so much on social media these days, and, and I've said this before to you. You know, at one time, um, we'd debate football. We'd have a, a few pints in the in the pub on a Saturday night or on a Sunday lunchtime. Great. Now it's out there, right in your face, and um, and I think a little bit unjust at times. I, I think there needs to be a little bit of a reality check, and 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 I'm not harking back. I'm not talking about where we've come from and all that. I'm talking about right now and 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 what we're going through in the injury you know to be fair it is an injury crisis it's massive a lot of those players that you, we, you've just mentioned would be figuring right now so you know i think i have mentioned caleb is... watts <laughs> no exactly you know, exactly and yeah. caleb watts and ash hunter probably are two two wild cards that everybody would think you know what they're going to give us and even we don't know do we to be honest yeah, exactly exactly uh, no, difficult. I mean, Ipswich Town, they're a lovely they're a lovely club. Seriously, they're a very friendly club. The fans are fabulous. And and the, there's, there's a great quote, which you've probably heard many times before, when um, when Mr Cobble was the chairman down at Ipswich, and, and, and he's, he's famously quoted saying, crisis, what crisis? The only crisis we have at Ipswich is when we run out of wine in the boardroom. And <laughs> and that, that's back in Bobby Robson's time, you know, and I think they are a very genteel, wholesome club, and um, yeah, yeah, the the decent people. Yeah, so it's going to be quite sorry that we're going to have to take three points off them by kicking Love them it. to death Love and it. playing long ball all the game. But I know it's it needs must. We're in a battle for survival, and uh, absolutely, you know, it's one of them things, isn't it? I mean, I I don't. We're getting to that stage now where we're we're nailed to the bottom, and uh, if we've got to stay in touch, we've got to start getting results by whatever means. And if we have to turn into horrible, then we have to turn into horrible. Now, I don't know if Derek will do that, but the last 20 minutes at Accrington, when we went 4-3-2 and put two up front, we were horrible. 
you know, um, it was great because we had Cooney and Stockton doing his thing, and Cooney was throwing diving into tackles, and I was like, "You can't, you can't, Blake, you, you can't knock the commitment." You know, you can't. We were down to ten men, and we gave it a go. It didn't work, but that's the way it is. That's what I want to see. Gabby, I've seen things this week um, on social media. I mean, statements like "You've lost the dressing room," "The lads aren't." There. It's an absolute load of rubbish. I'll tell you that 100%. They're a unit, the work is a unit, the players are a unit, and, the, and the, the, the environment they're working in is a very positive environment. So I think that one should be absolutely put to bed. And I think, uh, obviously, Connor, uh, as club captain, came out uh, of the post-match interviews at Accrington, and he said, uh, he said a lot of home truths, didn't he? Uh, saying it wasn't good enough, et cetera, et cetera. And he, he's right, and it came from the heart. I know he's only been here, I know it's you know he's only been here since the start of the season, but it obviously means a lot to him. And no, he's a big he's a big character, he's a big character though, David. And I think yeah. there's nothing wrong with doing that, but there's no underlying um there's no underlying features there to say the split or the not with the manager or whatever. That is just ridiculous. Yeah, and so moving on and and this sort of, you know, the the questions that I want to ask, I'm going to put my glasses on now. Um, obviously, uh, you're on Radio Lanks, uh, and that's available for people to hear if they go on to the, uh, you can hear it uh, on the red button on uh, BBC Sounds, uh, on Radio Lanks Sport. Um, obviously, we've spoken about the injuries and John Beaker and Arthur's red card. Um, but obviously, um, from our point of view, when the word people are people are reacting because of probably what Derek said in his interview with Tim Fadfield on Tuesday, where he's come out and said, "Oh, you know, we've had to put up with a lot going on behind the scenes and etc. Cetera, etc." Cetera. Now, I'm interpreting well, John Abika going to Nigeria and Arthur, obviously the red card, etc., and all the injuries. People are putting two and two together and making different conclusions to that. Rod, now. Personally, I've said to my sort of group on the my group on WhatsApp, Derek's Derek's, and I'll, I'll let Joel take credit for this because he's from the Derek the, the he's from the Derek's from the Alex Ferguson school of football where he throws he's all smoke and mirrors. Is Derek when things are going wrong, and he's he's got a history of doing it. He did it at Bradford last year. He did it in our promotion season. He even did it. He did it a couple of times when we were staring staring down the abyss when he first took over, you know. And it, it was a lot of you know psychology and smoke and mirrors. And I know you said he, he, he obviously did it. He did it during the international break last season, didn't he, Joel? Yeah, obviously there was his remark about the uh, the team compared to the pre uh, his promotion side, and you know managers say things in interviews. Obviously, we've, we've spoken about uh, Ferguson. Uh, when you know there's that you know countless ones you can name off for him you know going into a press conferences uh, and telling a load of journalists that uh, I can't remember what the exact quote was but they, because they didn't think Juan Smasi and Veron was very good so they he told them all that they don't know fucking anything about football <laughs> you know and I remember like I I, I remember chatting to the uh, chef when uh, a couple of guys at Chef Wednesday there's one when Carver, Carlos Carvajal. Uh, Pulled out, apparently pulled out a twenty pound note in a press conference, pulled it on the desk, and was trying to make a point about the fact that it's still worth twenty pounds when people have criticised some of the more elderly players. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the point being, managers will say all sorts of things in their interviews and press conferences. Sorry, that was a bit of a long-winded way of saying it. But they'll say all sorts of things. And, you know, sometimes they want to get a point across. It's always worth taking it with a pinch of salt. I like Derek a lot as a manager. <laughs> with any manager, I'll always take sometimes what they have to say in the press. You, you listen to it, you take it on board. But sometimes, there's a, I personally always think, take it with a little pinch of salt. So I'm not I'm not trying to you know I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, Rod. But that's you know if, if you look at what Derek said, is it just the fact that there's the all the injuries? Johnny Beek has gone off to a funeral. Farney's leaving, you know, and obviously we've all got the Worcester Warriors, which I'll come to thing hanging over us. Is it just that, or is there more going on behind the scenes? No, I think it's an accumulation. It's it's a big jigsaw, as I said on the radio before, David. It's not just and, and and things can be so easily misinterpreted. So, you know, you know, he said it's been the worst month of his managerial career, but there's a lot happened in that month. It's not just the ownership; it is injuries, it is personnel, it is X, Y, and Z, it is defeats. So, you know, what do you expect? Do we expect him to be you know happy and jumping for joy? He's a human being; he's got a job to do, and. You don't know what, um, in an interview, you don't know what a journalist is going to throw at you. And, and I think the questions were fair. And I think his, his answers were quite reasonable in the situation. Yeah, and he, he, uh, he was, I'm, I'm hoping that he will write the book that he's threatening to, because it would be quite interesting. But so moving on, the big question, uh, obviously we're in the press a lot at the moment. Uh, the Guardian today was particularly scathing, mentioned us twice in their uh, their little well, it was a large piece about Worcester Warriors and the and the actual, you know, and I have to say I've got an enormous amount of sympathy with any any sporting team that's put through the crap that, that they're going through because it must be, you know, like the Berry thing and everybody, you know, and obviously, you know, teams in the past, Aldershot, when they went bust, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it, it must be horrific. But um, yet again, we're down to, you know, um, fit and proper test, which the EFL says we're okay, but um, you know people are doubting that now because the simple fact is, obviously, we've only got we've only got to, you know the owner or, or owners um, of Worcester Warriors are indelibly linked with us because they are still our owners, even though they are no longer board members. And I know you've already said this, but that, that's as far as it goes. That's as far as their involvement, isn't it? As owners, not board members. Yeah, the, the only the only common factor is is that we've got common ownership and that's it. Yeah. No more, no less. Um we don't we don't owe Worcester Warriors a penny. Uh, there is some outstanding debt, but it's minimal to Bond Group Investments Limited. Um but other than that. The, 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 there is no, unless something comes out of the woodwork that I don't know about or my colleagues don't know about, there is nothing else that can particularly harm Morecambe Football Club. And from that point of view, like I say, it doesn't help. Uh, the situations are obviously, it was mentioned in the Guardian article that we are up for sale, uh, which obviously, again, is common knowledge, but it's something else that Derek alluded to in the fact that um, you probably do look to the future. I mean, you know, um, if uh, Joel's company that he works for was put up for sale, you'd be thinking about your job. I wonder what the changes are are going to affect me. It's human nature, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And, and, and from a football manager's perspective, you could get new owners coming in. We don't know at this stage who or, or what they may be. Uh, but you, you you must look over your shoulder and think, well, where would that leave me at whatever at whatever level? And and and, and basically, it doesn't matter where you're in the league table either, because we've seen that pretty recently with with clubs sort of uh, fifth, sixth, seventh in the in the um, in the relative league table. Uh, you know, parting company with managers. So yeah, I I, I understand where Derek's coming from. Um, as as um, as a board, and as I said on Radio Lancashire earlier on, um, we are meeting with the owner over the next um, few days. We need to do that. We need to know where we are. Um, we need to know, and, and when I say we, I mean the football club. We need to know um, their thought process and, and, and what they are hoping to achieve. We need to know... Uh, the, the, the type of individual or individuals that are looking to purchase a football club uh, because <laughs> they're not the most attractive business ventures, are they? Football, it's not, it's not, as John Medeski said at Reading, you can make a small fortune out of football if but you, you start have to start with a large one. one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's not, he's not wrong. And, and ultimately, what we want to do at Morecambe, and I'm sure you can speak of um, a large percentage of football clubs at our level, unless you've got real, you know, guilt-ed, sugar-daddy owners, you want to strive to break even. That's got to be the aim of it. And as Derek rightly said today, player transfers, cup runs, you know, football fortune, um, that's what you strive to do. You never you never set off with the budget with, with those numbers in because that would be foolhardy. You can't do that. So you've got to look at every available means of income. And it's, especially in the climate we're in, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, I'll wager it is actually. Um, obviously, the uh, we know we know being in uh, League One for the second season that the, the definitive honeymoon period is definitely over. But Absolutely. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, from that point of view, record sales in... Uh, the season tickets and crowds are holding up, and it'll be an, hopefully another decent one when we uh, we tonk Ipswich to death with aerial dominance. Um, you know, just you know, it, it, just in case Derek listens. <laughs> uh, so you never know, do you? But I mean, from that point of view, and and again, people have, people have been making the point, and I do make the I do make the point because I do listen to what people say. And uh, look, taking a sort of like straw poll of what's going on on uh, on like face cloth and Twitter and uh, etc. In the fact that you know we we are set up now uh, with the infrastructure for, for for League One, and what's concerning some people is we seem to have we've got people in key positions, lots of people doing jobs that didn't used to exist when we were in the conference and in League Two. How, these people now, how do, where do they stand? If we getting, end up getting relegated to League Two, do we revert back to the sort of the skeleton staff? Do we, you know, do we do we run a tighter ship with less people, or what happens? The, we've got to consider all this. This is people's livelihoods, isn't it, oh, David? Absolutely. Uh, and and as, as you progress, you, you cannot. We we could not have have continued to run as we were because some of us would have been ground into the ground. Yeah. And we, we have developed, Ben Sadler has developed the infrastructure massively and, and fair play to him. 
from, from, from a lot of points of view, from HR to safeguarding to commercial, um, on and on and on it goes. And yeah, uh, relegation would be a massive uh, drop in income uh, just by central funding from, from the EFL. Uh, so you, you try to protect that, but you've got to, again, look at every possible means of bringing income in, whatever that might be. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not crystal ball gazers. We can't do that. Who knows where we're going to be um, when we start in, in, when we get to the start of May? I don't know. Um, and a lot can happen between now and the transfer window. I mean, we've touched on the transfer window and, um, Mick, Mick Horton and I sat with Derek and, and we've said, look, plan, plan for what your needs are in that window, because without a plan, you're going to fail. I don't mean him individual, I mean anybody. No, so no, you've got to plan as if we're in that position. Now, money might be tight from a budgetary point of view. We've set the budget, that's it. We haven't got loads of money to throw about. We have invested in certain areas of the club, um, be that the players' budget, be that uh, the ground staff. We've got we've got two full time and an, an, an apprentice now. We've invested in um, in plant and um, and materials for the ground staff, both at the Mazuma and at the and at the training ground. But we can't we cannot ignore that. We've got to do that. We've got to we've got to push it and and try and progress it. So. Uh, to a degree, is it is crystal ball gazing, and but we are realistic, and we will adjust as we go along. We, you know, we we we're, we're not going to put the club in in major jeopardy. And, I, and I've said, uh, and I might have said this before this evening. You know, whether you're an owner, a director, or whatever whatever role you play in that situation, we're custodians. And I really do believe this. Nobody owns a football club. That is, and I am repeating so. It is the community asset, absolutely within, within a shadow of doubt. And, and it, it impacts on people. If things aren't going right, there must be distraught people down in Worcester today, just as there were at Bury, just as there were at Macclesfield. And, and, and that is a real, real impact on those individuals. And um, whatever situation any sporting club's in, I really do feel for them. We've got to look after Morecambe Football Club right now, collectively, everybody together. On Saturday afternoon, every single person in that stadium that's a shrimp supporter should be absolutely behind the team and the manager. Goes without saying for me. Well, he's um, like I say. I don't think there's going to be much moaning about the team selection because it's looking to me like it's picking itself, Joel, isn't it? Really? Yeah, there there isn't really much much room to kind of manoeuvre. Really, I wouldn't be surprised to see the likes of. Uh, you know, some of the answers we've seen already this season would be surprised to see them back on the bench because there, there just aren't many no. options. <clears throat> I think like, to, to echo what Rod said, really, like we, we've got to get behind the team. I think, especially with um, just kind of focusing on on-pitch stuff, we've got such a big injury crisis at the moment. I, 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 I'm always an advocate of trying to build good performances and then the, let the results come from that. But at the moment, we've just we decimated as a squad. It, all that matters is just grinding out some kind of result at the moment. And I think as we've seen over the past couple of seasons, having a big feverish home atmosphere can be quite important to that. We're, it's it's a compact little ground. It's relatively full. And when the, the whole ground are behind the players, it's a great racket. And I imagine a real boost for the players. So 
I think, yeah, just to reiterate what's, what Rob has said, really, you know, get behind the team. There's not, Derek's not going to have much room to manoeuvre in terms of formation. So I don't think we can have too many complaints about what it might be uh, come Saturday. And we've just got to get behind them and try and, with the players, make it as difficult and horrible for it which is, as we possibly can. It's, uh, uh, Joel, it's developing or, or, or exhibiting, for me, that siege mentality. And sometimes you have to do that. We were there, weren't we, four years ago. We, we had to develop that siege mentality in that in in those crazy times of um, when, when when Peter went and uh, Diego Lemos and Joseph Carlo were around. And and whether that be your league position, things going on behind the scenes, the 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 unrest because of the ownership situation. Well, right now, let's galvanise everybody in. Let we should be absolutely together. I was going to say to a man, but to a person now. Um, and that is important. So I think that's the starting point on Saturday. Let's absolutely 100% get behind, make a noise and make our presence felt. And absolutely, I know it's a cliche, but let's be that 12th man. We've got to make it count. So it, the final sort of uh, interjection from me, um, and this has come from me listening to you on Radio Lancashire, is that it sort of came across that uh, obviously the board are not really. I mean, you're going to meet with uh, you're going to meet with the owner, but you're not really in charge of the the selling process because it's not yours to sell. So you no. sort of like you sort of you're sort of kind of almost in charge but powerless. So you're in you're you're in a, a position of extreme high um, intensity without the power to do anything about it because you're the custodians looking after it day to day and they're the ones making the decisions about who to sell to and what have you. And what came across was that you're just sort of like hoping, yes, you might be consulted and say, is that a decent and effective person to take the club over? Could it be the situation that, I mean, there's plenty of rumours flying about and I don't need to mention names because people have been mentioning names of local business then to me locally over the last two weeks three weeks even it was like oh worst kept secret it was all over the berlin wall and blah 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 um but if it was a local business who, who came in and, and bought it w- would you guys still be involved or would he want rid of you you don't know do you i'm the clue and Honestly, there, David, you know there is the problem the gift the gift of the sale is within the ownership, yeah. as with as with anything. Now we can try and influence that. We can try and vet that. We can uh, we can bring um, our opinions to bear. But at the end of the day, that is down to the owner, and and that's the real world. Um, if somebody wants to step up, and you know, um, if there's is it, if there's anybody out there locally who wants to step up, absolutely brilliant. Um, we brought the club, as you know, David you, uh, and Joe, we've developed the club massively over the past few years, but you can't keep harking back. I get that. We want to ensure that Morecambe Football Club is on a sound basis going forward, whatever that is. Uh, but ultimately, um, Jason Whittingham will decide who he sells to and at what price he sells to. And that's, that's you know, that's, that's, that's the, the real big- world. Yeah, that's and, that's, and that's the worrying bit. 
because you know I, I from my point of view you just don't know do you i mean it, it, i'd like it to be a situation you know i i did actually win the lottery on tuesday but it was only three pound eighty <laughs> i think i think you can count with that though with it's worrying but it's the same for any club that's going for sale oh, surely. you yeah. you know you, regardless of whether you're you know in the championship and in league one league two national league you don't know who's going to come in obviously you know say when you had the sale of oldham recently yeah. uh from uh their previous owner who nobody was a fan of it, you know who who knew who who, who uh, pardon me who he was going to sell to in the end it's worked out quite nicely and that a local businessman has come in and it's and that's great that that's worked out for the best but, but i think concern is inevitable but I think at the end of the day, like it's always going to be an inevitability when the club goes up for sale because we don't obviously know who's going to own it yet. But I think we just have to trust and hope. And if Rod and the other board members are able to have a bit of an influence on that, that would would be great. But obviously, like like Rod says, it's 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 down to Jason, isn't it? Absolutely. And you know, you you would hope that um, whoever comes in um, recognizes what you know the current board have done. Um, Jason and Colin haven't been hands-on owners. Uh, they've they've uh, they've let us get on with it. And Morecambe's a little bit. It is a bit special, I think, in as much as and historically, David. You know, right now on the board of directors, you've got four um, four individuals there who are Morecambe fans and yeah. have been Morecambe fans all their lives. Um, we've got two two other people with great expertise that we that we call upon. Um, and it's a good mix and it's a committed mix. Now, I'm not sure anywhere within the Football League you would find a board as as support-based as what we are. I just don't think it's there. So, And it's tough at times because <laughs> you've got to leave your emotion at that boardroom door. You've got to do that because if you, if you, if you, if you control by your heart rather than your head, it, it, it ain't going to work because ultimately it is a business. And yeah. that's that's some of the tough things that I've learned over the past 30 years. It's not easy. And uh, Leading on from that, the, I suppose the only, the only positive that I can sort of think of in the fact that <clears throat> we are up for sale again, just four short years after we, we were taken over, we're in a completely different div- division. Crowds are at least triple of what they were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're, I know you said we're, you know, if we look at uh, you look at your accounts, we might not be completely debt free, but we're certainly in a better position. Is that right? No, yeah. To where to where it was four years ago, the debt is absolutely minuscule. Seriously, um, you know, uh, go, going back, uh, we had a, a massive overdraft at the bank. We don't have that now. And, and I'm in a massive overdraft. Um, so fr- from a from a financial point of view, from a balance sheet point of view, we're in a far better position. Cash flow is always different, isn't it? But you've got to manage that in a business. In, in any business, you've got to manage that, that situation. You get you get good times, you get pinch points. So and and with um, you know the the, uh, the situation we've all been through over the past two and a half years as well. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a simpler sale now it, it, it's it's a lot it, the football club in essence is in a lot better position than it was when peter sold no doubt about it 
and hopefully we are because of being in League One, more people have heard of us. You would hope, yeah. anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're massive now. <laughs> exactly. We're not little old Morecambe anymore. We're massive exactly. Morecambe, and we're going to absolutely swamp Ipswich on Saturday. Um, Joel, have you got any anything you want to ask Rod? No, that was that. That's kind of covered it all, really. I think. Just... Oh, I'm sorry. Have I ruined it there? Then? Oh no, I think that. I, no, no, no. Don't worry. I'll. Uh... I'll get I'll get over it. <laughs> but, uh, I can't believe I've done that. I just thought I just wrote stuff down thinking, you know, people. You know, it was it was nice to have quite an open discussion on that one, really. But uh, just I think just things to mention from the trust, really. Uh, again, uh, any volunteers who got any kind of uh, projects or ways they think that they can help come forward. Membership part participation is obviously a really massive point for the trust, and uh, you know it, it's what helps keeps us going. Uh, We've sent out, uh, for, uh, we've put some stuff on social media about this already, but uh, we are looking for people helping out on the social media side of things. Uh, I think we're probably going to give it a few more, uh, another week or so, uh, let a few people kind of get in touch if they, they want to help out. We've already had quite a few people get in touch. So if it is something you're interested in, uh, just get in touch via email, chat to one of us, uh, and we'll have a, um, we'll see what, what, what kind of, what kind of stuff we've got going for that and finally just any kind of uh obviously there's a prize draw that we have at the trust uh we, we, we at the moment we're in the process of getting some new partners and businesses sort of uh with that so any more businesses that want to get in touch and do some kind of partnership stuff for the prize draw do get in touch Jimmy Gilder will be looking after that no doubt <laughs> yeah I think he's the one looking after he, that, can, yeah. he, he tries to give it up every season and he ends up doing it bless him <laughs> Jimmy yeah, he turned up at my house last Sunday on it on his bike with my uh, twenty pound boardwalk voucher. <laughs> then he's then he's cycling to Holton. My God! Oh, he's top lad, top lad, absolute trooper. So yeah, just yeah, as always, you know, anything you need to you want to ask us about or get in touch and help with about the trust, then you just get in touch. So I will again point people towards uh, Rod's been on with us today. Uh, he has been on Radio Lanks, and it was a quite all-encompassing two-part interview, uh, which uh, obviously you two didn't realise they'd split it into two parts and missed the end bit, where uh, Rod admitted these top five favourite albums and he wears French knickers on a Sunday. But, I mean, <laughs> all these things happen. So, Friday, David, Friday. Is it Friday? Oh, sorry, I got the day, I got the day wrong. Um, yeah, so I, I point you in the direction of BBC Sounds and uh, the Radio Lanks uh, Sporting Hour, which uh, takes place on a Thursday, six till seven, and uh, it was well worth listening to. Uh, and on the back of that, um, I asked Rod to come on the uh, podcast this morning because obviously we normally have a, a board member on and James and Charlie were both a bit sort of, um, ooh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm busy. And I was like, yeah, I'll bet you are. But So thanks for coming on, Rod. I really do appreciate it. Uh, and thanks for your honesty as always. Um, there will always be people out there uh, who want to know more than you can actually tell them, but um, that's inevitable in, in uh, you know, particularly when, uh, you know, Derek's alluding to, uh, you know, writing a chapter in his book about what's gone on. We'll find out at some point, but we might all be laughing about this. We could be in a situation where we have new owners in place and there could be funds for Derek to um signed two or three in January and lo and behold we we survive you just don't know that's football we thought we thought we were doomed sort of like three seasons ago when we were um second bottom when Derek took over and we couldn't buy a win 
and look where we are now. But all good, all going to Coventry freeze. Exactly. Or um, even last season after that week, the Cheltenham yeah. and Wigan uh <laughs> truth yeah. Yeah. David, can I make a couple of points? Is that is that okay? Of course you can. Um, I mean, I've tried to be both here and on, on the radio as transparent as I can, but as you rightly say, uh, I've got to be guarded in some areas because there are some sensitive issues. Um, moving well, that's, on... That's, that's the French knickers. I'm sorry I said that now. So. Moving, moving on from that, you mentioned you watch... Um, you mentioned you, you record and watch the uh, the Football League programme with your lad on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how is the Betamax? <laughs> yeah, I, I I I do deliberately say record because I I actually say tape it to Callum and Callum yeah, goes it's yeah. not tape and yeah, I said exactly. I know it annoys him so that's why yeah. so so, so I, I tape it yeah so moving yeah we all do so moving moving on from that um, I would like to encourage people to use the coach travel uh, because it has been a it has been a a difficult one if it's not if, if people don't subscribe we cannot afford and i think james alluded to this last week we cannot afford to lose money on it so i would i would really encourage people to and, and, and look i i fully understand the other forms of transport sardines terry's travel all the rest and respect that i have no issues at all but if you if you're not going by that means or you don't want to go by car or by by train Try and use the, the club's transport that's supported by the trust because we want to keep that going as long as we can. But it must be supported. I, I, I'm just going to ask you something here, and I, this is completely off the cuff, off the top of my head. As, as a member of the trust, I, I did use the trust coaches, but as a trust member, you got discount. Is there any way that that could be applied to the pricing of the club coaches that if you're a trust member it was cheaper so therefore they're actually getting something for the membership because that that was the way it worked wasn't it Joel? Yeah I think the, the difficulty is that there's there's differences in running costs I think we, we were fortunate at the trust to have uh, somebody like Rob who was driving yeah. it down for free and, and that that saved us a lot of money and that gave us flexibility to be able to kind of offer those discounts I think off the top of my head don't quote me on this I think there might be have been some kind of GDPR issues as well, sharing data between different entities and, and things like that. I mean, it has been discussed, but as of present, I, I'm not sure if it's entirely possible. But obviously, you know, it's an idea. We can look at discussing it again, but I can't make any guarantees, I don't think. I'm just throwing it out there on the table because I know I travelled with him a couple of times. Um, the the fateful night to uh, Shrewsbury, uh, where we. <laughs> Where we had the, met the massive halftime row, <laughs> which uh, you know, um, yeah, which uh, manifested itself in a fantastic second half performance, if I remember. Oh no, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, David. David, final point um, from me, anyway. Uh, very disappointed last Saturday, at Accrington. Uh, I, I took a call from their managing director on Sunday morning uh, to be informed that. Um, Morecambe or some Morecambe supporter, supporters had um, vandalised the toilets. Oh, now, what that, the, the seating or the the away end? No, the the the, the open end. Oh, uh, right. It happened just before half time. It, uh, um, the the cistern pipe was pulled off. The toilet seat was damaged. The the water heater was damaged. The place was flooded. That's not us, David. 
That yeah. is not Morgan football. No, it's not. And I'll point you to my programme notes tomorrow, and I've raised it in there because, for me, this is not acceptable. And and if 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 things like this happen and they can be proven, I'm sorry, there will be lifetime bans, and we've no choice because the that is not what we are all about. Um, and, and you and Joel know that, and it's really disappointing. I, no. I, I, I had to say to, to David, look, send us the invoice. We can't do anything else. Um, I don't want to be wasting money like that. We don't want to be wasting money like that, but end of, it's not acceptable and very, very disappointing. Well, I mean, you know, spread it. I mean, you've probably written your notes already, but spread it far and wide. There's lots of people listening to this, and I think that's, 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 but it doesn't reflect well on the club. And if the club are, are footing the bill, then the idiots who are doing this are costing the club money where they could be spending it in other areas, which is to me, it's... Uh, that's and, not right. and David, I've got, to, I've got to look at the happy situation because, you know, <laughs> again on social media, they were getting some stick about it being a SHYT hole and all this. I, I don't agree at all. That club with a lot of similarities to us. They've worked hard, they've developed a very functional facility, they've improved it. All right, it's an open away end. So is Gillingham after 15 years, for God's sake. Yeah, 20. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the bar facility is absolutely superb and they welcomed our supporters. All right, there came a time when it was full, I get that, but we, we walked through it on Saturday, I spoke to some of our guys, it's a great facility, I take my hat off to them, but you know, let's not be knocking somebody for doing a great job for their own community. It's not our, it's not Morecambe Football Club that. And I, I really need to emphasise that point from where I'm sat. Like, and I, I, I went on record, uh, I was on Twitter about a month ago saying I've never met an Aki fan that you couldn't have a pint with. And I, I stand by that. And the fact that when we were in the, we were in the Crown pub on Saturday and I was chatting to them and they're always... They're, the same, they're exactly the same as us. They're just, we're just 25 mile apart. Exactly. And we're absolutely no different. We've come from Lancashire Combination, Northern Premier League, Conference, League Two, League One. They've got nice new changing rooms. They've done a load to the ground. When that when that ground was first built, the stand that I sat in the other night, the other day, wasn't there. The home end wasn't covered. There was a tiny little scratching shed at the side and the other end was uncovered. So that's the first time I ever went there. And you know what they've done. You know what they've done, David. They've done it. They've done it. Um, that takes account of all the people that attend that stadium. And again, I've made the point in my notes for, for Saturday. Uh, um, it, it's not just corporate. It's not. It, it's open for for everyone that attends a football match at the Wham Stadium. It's welcoming. It's right. It's not. It's not a big ego trip. It, for everybody to go and enjoy the day. And I, I, I really do take my hat off to them. Yeah, and uh, it always tickles me that it's called the George Michael Arena, but there you go. <laughs> you can't win them all. It's still the crown ground to me. I don't really, exactly. But I mean, you know, I mean, people might say, oh, you know, Freeze is going off on the loving and what have you. I don't no. you know. I've, I've, I've no. I've no truck with the people who say, oh, you know, and and I, I told this story not, not that long ago in the fact that we were walking, trying to get trying to get from the away and up the stairs because we'd parked near the Crown pub. And as we were going up the stairs, there was like a load of Aki fans saying, we ain't more and we ain't more 
And three of us turned around and went, no, you don't. And they went, no, you're right, we don't. Are you coming for a pint? <laughs> yeah. And that's just it. You know, we're exactly the same as they are. We've come from the same place. And we're, also done. we're, not, we're not a million miles apart. So, you know, I, I, you know, I've got plenty of other teams I can't stand. And I can't stand losing to Accrington above it all. But, Absolutely. Absolutely. But ultimately, that's just about the 90 minutes, isn't it? The rest of it, off the pitch. You know, Andy Holt's done an absolutely fantastic job there. Uh, and if it anything, you know, it, it's it's credit to him and we should be looking to do something similar. Yeah, totally agree. And he's done it for the right reasons. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. So, yeah, thanks for listening to this. This was episode 10. I think we've probably nearly got to an hour with three of us wobbling on. And uh, obviously, you know, tune in next week when um, my mine and Joel's fantastic. Uh, we've turned into... Um, the Cambridge United under John Beck yeah, and knocked, we knocked it long and, and absolutely smashed Ipswich Town out of the park 1-0 with 5% possession. Graham Taylor's Watford. I'd better get on the phone and order some stand freeze for the wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't care how it happens. I really don't care how it happens. We need a result Saturday and a, a result that's positive, you know, whether it be a draw or a win. I sincerely hope so. This has been Shrimp Net, episode 10. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Rod. Thanks, Joel. Keep the faith. We'll see you next week.